leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Your mom, by the way. It says your mom believes in Santa. (laughs) (laughs) We are live. (laughs) We are live. We're already having fun. Christmas is here. You would think we had eggnog at 11 o'clock in the morning, but I haven't started yet. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome people hire great talent. This is Breaking Into Cybersecurity CISO Thursdays on Christmas Eve. James Azar, go for it. James Alex Azar. He officially James Alex Azar. Yeah, if if only. Um, Good morning. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good day. Naomi, the ornament. (laughs) I'm the ornament to your tree, Renee. You are. (laughs) And I just love James's sweater because the only part we can see is your mom, which is is really an insult (laughs) to like (laughs) your mom. (laughs) Just your mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was on this live last night. And I was like, I have the ugliest sweater, guys. I had an ugly sweater on last night, but I was like, this one is especially ugly for this show. So today, Christmas Eve, we are bringing cheer and excitement and um, positivity. It's going to be another Ask Me Anything. Um, And let's jump into it. There's some comments on on here already. My friend Tandy, she's laughing at me. <laughs> you did go all out though. Renee, you seriously went all out. It's it's magnificent. <laughs> it's awesome. So I give you guys a tip here. <laughs> it's in target. It's in target. <laughs> and it so, doubles as a Halloween costume. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. I just don't wear that and like go to the woods. <laughs> <I'll just> like- <laughs> I don't and, really know how long you're going to answer Naomi's thing about my sweater. So my sweater says your mom, and then it says believes in Santa. Yeah, you should you clarify just, that. Yeah. You can't see it, but, no, but you your mom it. believes in Santa. But it's your mom with a picture of Santa. How bad can it be? It's either your mom kisses <laughs> yeah. Santa, likes Santa, I loves mean, Santa. All kinds of different things. <laughs> What's important is your mom appreciates Santa. <laughs> But we have imaginations, James. Like we know we can fill in the blank underneath that. We're <laughs> grown up here, James. <laughs> not the pre- not Your mom, pre- fill not in the, the blank. blank. Best comment. Let's see. Exactly. Exactly. Fill in the blank. Oh my God. Love the outfits. If anybody has an ugly sweater, put it on. Tell us, we will send you the link and you can join us too for the festivities. Come on the show. Come on the show. That's what we did. We did, we did this too early. 
you know, we should have like postponed this to like m- and by an hour so I can have a scotch and not feel guilty for having a scotch at 11 a.m. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 12 o'clock somewhere. Yeah, but it's 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 12 o'clock in places say. I don't want to be like Europe. Right. <laughs> like I love America. Like this is where I want to be. <laughs> It needs to be 12 o'clock in America. Okay, to so guess what? All right, let's do this. Next, Are we on next week? Are we back next we, week? We are on next week, New as Year's far Eve? as I know. New Year's Eve, yeah. So we'll bump it a little bit later. And everyone bring your champagne and I don't know what else. And a, and a New Year's Eve hat or something. What's a, New Year's, what's a New Year's Eve hat? I don't know. So the, the little spark. Actually, I have one. You have a sparkler? Like, like little, a little like, sparkle thing. I have some things for the kids, a little crown that says Happy New Year, the glasses. Come on, James. You go yeah, to- anything go that home. celebrates the end of this year is yeah. appropriate. Like, just put anything on your head that just says, get me out. 2020. I, I, wish, I wish I could show you um, my um, um, the uh, Happy New Year banner I have for the podcast, but you'll have to wait a week. It's really good. Ooh. I was working on it this morning. Danielle has to join us. Danielle, make sure you're here next week. 2021 hat. I'd love to see sure. Danielle. Sure. Yeah. Come, yeah, come Danielle, on. Yeah, bring her on. You have to come on. Meet her. Uh, it's 4 p.m. in the UK. Have a <laughs> shot. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Let me go here and see who that is. It's have 4 p.m. in the UK. Have a scotch. Um, I, I would. I definitely would. But I, I'm, I'm afraid of the implications of, you know, the time difference between Georgia and the UK. Start drinking at 11 a.m. People are going to start to think I have an alcohol problem. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Terrence is here. All our people are here. John is here. Tandy's here. Alvin. Hey, Alvin. Merry Christmas Eve. Merry right. Guys, if you're wearing a Christmas sweater, come on the show. You'll get a link. Come on the show. We are here trying to bring joy. Everyone's like in their pajamas right now, just like laying in bed on their phone going like, I slept in today. I ain't got a Christmas sweater. <laughs> I got nothing. Bring your Christmas PJs. Christmas anything. Well, here's the thing about Christmas PJs, though. Um, it's, it's it's problematic because some Christmas PJs like, you know, just are like Halloween costumes. That's fine. Just come, you know. <laughs> what if you just wear a robe? What if your yeah. Christmas PJs is just a robe? That works. You want robe with taco meat? <laughs> <laughs> you can wrap up real close. <laughs> We just want to see your face. <laughs> Are we talking about anything cybersecurity? I don't think we should talk cyber. Listen, I, I will sum this up all at once. The last two weeks have been a crapshoot of just one thing after the other, of people guessing, of narrative. All of a sudden, cyber became extremely political. We can't even get people to agree on what's going on. So in the spirit of Christmas, if we want to talk about cyber, we can talk about the post that Naomi put out, which would just agitate me. And I turn into – remember Jack uh, – J- what, what was the guy's name? The really angry comedian that would always drink a scotch. Um, black, something black. Someone knows this. Not I'm Jack having- Black. No, Not yeah. Jack Black. No, no, no. There was a comedian like a, like a decade ago. The guy would be on stage with a cigarette and a scotch, 
And his entire comedic act was he would read like a headline and just be like, ah, and like (laughs) WTF. Um, Yeah. yeah, And he like, like your post yesterday, Naomi had me like, on edge. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't even post to it because I was just like, if I post, it's going to be this long. So I'm not going <laughs> to be. Well, like it's, it's really agitating because, um, you know, quite frankly, I know we should never, we should never dox anyone, but that should have been like, you should have put the name of the people who did that. Well, uh, well, no, I didn't want to give away the person that I was talking to, although I'm pretty sure you can figure it out. But uh, the the college itself, you can Google it. So if you Google, it's there. Somebody it is. It and then there. here's the thing I found out. I only just Googled this like, yesterday. So I remember the conversation I had with the person. I was like, you know, I wonder if he's actually learning anything. And so when I Googled the program and then I found this whole thing, that's when I got really angry. And that, that was the hot take. So by the way, the, com- by the, way the comedian is Lewis Black. Oh, I know Lewis people are commenting out. on the side yeah. like Andrew yeah. Dice Clay or Jack Andrew Black. Dice no, it's 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 uh, Ron White. Yeah, Ron White also does the same thing. There's a few like old school comedians that would pour a scotch and a cigar, or you know, and just sit there and and just really like deliver honest commentary that's just funny. I grew up on that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed it. So and yeah. now we have your angry uncles. Uh, arguing politics over dinner. <sighs> well, luckily I'm Jewish, so no angry uncles tonight for me. Um, <laughs> and the beauty of Hanukkah is we don't get together with like uncles. Like <laughs> we don't like our uncles. <laughs> like, like no uncles. No uncles. Yeah. But you are wearing a Christmas sweater, so today you are not Jewish. So yes, today, right. no, I am. I am not Jewish. My daughter is is obviously celebrating Christmas because her mom's Christian. So to uh to my daughter and you know she's she i got this sweater just for her and it yeah. says your mom believes in santa so that You're way she knows special. that her mom believes in santa <laughs> it's <laughs> as, 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 <laughs> i want i want to shelter someone like i want to do an experiment right and i want to take someone and i want to shelter them and i want them to believe that the easter bunny and santa are real and I want to keep that until they're 18 and then at 18, break that bubble and see what happens. Yeah, good luck with that one. I'm trying to get my nine-year-old not to tell the six-year-old. Like, he's so much like, Santa's coming, right? Santa's going to bring this Aww. stuff. He's coming from this. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> and the nine-year-old's like dying to tell him, like, don't so, go so are you are you putting out cookies, milk, hand sanitizer, and a mask for Santa <laughs> this year? <laughs> and like a temperature checker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a visitor's okay. log. <laughs> Let us know all the houses you've been at, Santa, in the last 24 hours. Contact tracing. Exactly. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Leave the stuff at the door. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Reginald says, what do you mean Santa's not real? Exactly. Yeah, Reginald, he, he is real. He's yeah. overweight. He Apparently Fauci vaccinated Santa. <laughs> That's a Isn't real he thing. He's a high-risk group. He's like hundreds of years old. And he's right? overweight. And he's overweight. He's probably and he, got And he travels people. on a sleigh with reindeers yeah. in the cold. Right, going in Going into random. He does a lot of heavy labor. Yeah. And goes into random people's houses. That's true. Yeah, the random yeah, houses. High risk. 
high risk. But hopefully they're all asleep when he gets there and uh, they're breathing in their in their bedrooms and not in <laughs> where the Christmas tree is so he can drop off the gifts. Oh, Danielle's here. She has an ugly sweater. Okay, Yay. Danielle, the link is coming. Yay, more ugly sweaters. More ugly sweaters. More ugly sweaters. So if anyone doesn't know what um, uh, Naomi's comments were about yesterday why don't we talk about it are you sure i don't want to get alex angry there angry uh, alex. i'm gonna have to go get a scotch I, I, was, I was angry <laughs> i was angry when i posted it but then i realized like the more people commented i feel really bad now when the people are like i took that course i thought it was great i'm like okay i get it like some people are going to really pay fourteen thousand dollars for this course so by the way this post was i my, i have a mentor mentee uh i remember having a conversation with him a while ago about his program and i was like oh well let me look it up let me just see what it's about and so when i looked it up i was like well this does not look legit it was literally like a headline that said become a cybersecurity professional in 24 weeks and then underneath were bullet points of things that you can get online for free and it uses things like kali linux metasploit like all these like open source things that you can just download and i was like who would pay fourteen thousand for this so i literally just copied I took a screenshot of it and I wrote my thing and then I got like hundreds of comments and some of, some of the people were, or like, Oh, I took this course. I think it was great, it, which is good. Cause some, some people do need that discipline and that follow up and the accountability. Like I get it, but a majority of the people, especially well-established C-level security folks, they're like, you do not need this. This is a ripoff, you know? And so there's both sides of it. And I could see, and it's just frustrating as somebody who mentors people that like they're asking for this kind of stuff. Like what program should I take? What search should I get? And, and here I am like, well, I don't even know what's good. And so I can't, I can't even offer you a recommendation because I don't know what is out there. So that was my first foray into like researching these boot camps. Honestly, it was like the first time I've ever done it. And then I was appalled at what I saw. And if you guys Google right now, become a cybersecurity professional in 24 weeks, you'll see it's actually run by a third party called, I think, Trilogy. And they go through like different universities. It's not just this Ivy League university. It's it's like a bunch of others. So now here I am as a hiring manager, like completely overthinking this. I'm like, well, the people that I might hire in the future might have this boot camp on their resume. And now I have to go and look to see if it's legit or not. Like, it's just super stressful and overwhelming. I don't know how you feel, guys. It's unfortunate, I think. I mean, this is one of the areas that I have seen so many people show up in my inbox when, and not only boot camps for $24,000, which, you know, if you're, I saw, I read some of the comments on there. And if you are, you know, an executive or a leader or whatever, you're trying to pivot and, and that's, and you have that kind of money to drop on something like that, you know, go for it. But for the, the junior people who are really trying to break in, people on the ground, um, it just frustrates me because, you know, some of this stuff, I totally see them being taken advantage of. Um, and so many people show up in my inbox, even with, this is a boot camp. So actual degree programs that they've taken and they've spent, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 mm -hmm. on, and then they come out and they still cannot get an opportunity. And it's, it, it blows my mind. And I feel so bad for folks and it part of me thought about yesterday I was like I've had over the last I want to say five or six years so many people come with the various degree programs most likely not boot camps because they asked me too Naomi mm -hmm. you know 
what boot camps do you recommend? And I was like, I can't recommend any exactly. because I, you know, from all I can see is that these boot camp, the boot camp leaders or the boot camp, um, uh, the the career services boot camp people show up in my inbox asking mm-hmm. how we can get their people placed. Which, if you have run in a boot camp, shouldn't you have like partnerships with organizations that will swipe that will take your boot camp people? Um, it's unbelievable to me that you know these things are out here. But I know they have a target. You know they probably are looking at like executives, people who can kind of jump in, I guess. But I mean. There's so many programs um, that provide similar um, for next to nothing or, you know, a full Mm -hmm. degree at Western Governors is like five, like, you know. I've heard good things about WGU. I have, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I've heard really, really positive things. You get the certifications with the degrees. I mean, I've heard really, really positive Mm -hmm. things and it's, and it's, um, and it's like one third or one, (laughs) one quarter of the cost of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Georgia Tech, which is, you know, a world-renowned. Yeah, Northern Georgia University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, what is it, James? James is James is loving Georgia right now. He just Georgia Tech has an awesome program. I think for ten thousand. I think the whole. Um, it's a master's program. Okay. Okay. It's a master's program that teaches you nothing about cybersecurity. It's a cybersecurity program that gives you no keyboard experience and teaches you about compliance. It's a oh, GRC no. program. Oh, oh no! Oh, wow. That's why I went like, don't, 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 oh, yeah, don't talk about like, it. Okay, okay. <laughs> can people just like, can we stop? Hey, Danielle. Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Nice sweater. Look at that. Awesome Look sweater. I love that. No, let's put you up here. Put it on the front. Squeeze it. <laughs> <laughs> you can make him talk. <laughs> That well, here's like awesome. back to James's point. Like this, we don't know as as hiring managers that we don't know the differences between all these different programs, and we're just going to come at it with skepticism because that's our natural personality anyway. So if someone says we have a master's degree from so so on, we're like, oh, okay. So so can I can can I say the elephant in the room? Because here, here's here's my challenge with all these big universities that are doing cyber programs. Okay, you have these universities that we look at and and hiring. You know, not Naomi and myself, the people who are uh, in HR, when they get a resume, they'll see Western Governor University and they'll be like, what's that? Right. While we could value the program, they look at it and go, but here's a guy from Georgia Tech Mm -hmm. or here's a guy from MIT or here's a bunch of people from all these all these bigger Ivy League schools, they're probably more qualified for the job simply because of the school they went to. Yeah. Right. And you have these boot camps that are being run by these name brands for 15 grand or 20 grand or 25 grand. That's just like, how, how, like, I'm sorry to say this. I'm a capitalist, but there are some parts of me where this is one of those things where you can't be one or the other. You just got to be a human being and reasonable. People that are trying to make a career switch, people that are uh, working their way up in the world. They, they go to take on $100,000, $150,000 of debt, worth of debt. They go to school. They study only to take a 30, 40, 50 grand a year job at an entry level, right? Where they still live in mom and dad's basement or they live with a bunch of roommates and can't start their lives, right? Because they got to pay back their student loans. And then they want to get into a field which is created difficult by more bureaucratic and organizational dysfunction, 
and we sit around and we go, well, you know, like the, we, we have to be better as a community and as people in, in kind of calling this stuff out and, and reaching out to the people who make these programs and going like, like we've got a coalition that just doesn't agree with what you're doing and we need to address it. Ooh. And, and we don't mind your, your program, but you're not allowing anyone you're not making it affordable for people because someone's going to pay you 15 grand to go be an analyst for 60 or 70. Well, that's what happened with a lot of the, the, um, some legal programs, some law programs a few years ago, because people were spending all this money on law school and then coming out and they couldn't get jobs. And so obviously you got lawyers, so they're suing. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to go see one of these $5,000 programs and I want to go do a partnership with them and I want to take it myself Hmm. and I want to log it and talk about it every single day. And I want to share what it looks like. And then I want to put it out there for the world to see. I'll do it live. So if you have any connections to like WG, like to Western governors university or any program that is under $5,000, that's the key. It's got to be under five grand, right? Because I think five grand is um, affordable enough for anyone who wants to break into cyber. That's less than 10% of what you, you stand to earn having completed this program at an entry level role at 60 grand or okay. 50 grand. A okay, year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's, that's that a fair everybody. ratio. Yeah, right? a fair five ratio. Totally. yeah. You can borrow five grand from your parents. You can mm-hmm. uh, crowdfund, you can do all kinds of stuff and I'll do it. Ozzy, you're okay. not hearing us. Ozzy's saying no sound, but I can hear everyone. Yeah, yeah Danielle, think, you can hear us, right? I can Danielle, hear you guys. I want to know what Danielle's thinking now. About yeah, Danielle, what are you thinking? Yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts, yeah. Danielle? Well, I I'm honestly trying to get my going to go for my master's degree, but I'm looking at different colleges right now, trying to figure out which one is the most affordable and which one will get me the best experience. I was looking at Norwich's program, Bay Paths program, because those are the two schools that I've been to already, but also Western Governors University. And yeah. I, yeah. Is it just the price that's the the number one thing you're looking for right now in terms of requirements, no. or do you have other things too? I have other things too, but price is definitely one of the main factors. Well, because I don't want to spend more than $20,000 on a master's degree. But I think you should find a role in a company that will give you tuition reimbursement to go for your master's. Yeah. Right? I'm having the hardest time finding finding anything in cybersecurity. Yeah, that's that's. That's the sad part about all of this, you know? Like, people are... The, the the couple of organizations that I've seen or the couple of universities that I've seen that they the students seem to like immediately get plucked out of those programs are um, Penn State has one, um, Drexel, and I was very impressed by the young man that came on and talked about Drexel's program. And what he shared was that for Drexel, they have, and they've been doing this for over a hundred years. They have a um, 
Oh, their they internship have, program. They have an internship and they have a um, co-op program. So you go to school for six months and then they partner with all these organizations and you work for six months. And then you go back to school for six months and you work for six months. So by the time you have your four-year four undergraduate degree, you have about two years of experience, real hands-on experience in organizations. They've been partnering with for years. Um, the person who had been on the podcast, I think he was at a, a major bank, like one of these banking institutions. Um, and he went back like maybe two or three times to that bank and then he, he had also had experience elsewhere. So by the time you get out, you know, you have like an internship baked in, you have some experience, you know what you're doing. And they, those people automatically get pulled into programs. And so more colleges, I mean, I don't understand when, you know, when it's the medical field, like you have internships and externships, so people get experience, like every everybody asks for the experience, but it's like the programs don't want to, for some weird, strange reason, don't want to bake in experience into the program. My school did that too, Stevens Institute of Technology, we have a co-op program, and we have our ROI is the same as... Stanford, MIT, like all those big name schools, Stevens has the best graduation rate, the best job offers. Like it's insane. And I joined that because of it. But right. I didn't join the co-op program, but everyone I know got internships over the summer. Every and we, single did, we did not sit on our butt. We did not watch Netflix. Like we went to work. Correct. 40 hours a week. Exactly. So I started at 18. Like that was it's how we all did. I mean, I went to NYU in our program. You just everybody had an internship like I, it boggles my mind when i'm like okay so where's your internships and they're like we don't have one i'm like what about your career services department and they're like they're not helping it just makes me shake my head like i don't you know in some in some places it's extremely difficult to um career services to find people with jobs and that's and that's I'm going to say that's pre-COVID because I saw several studies that talked about some universities that have great programs, but because of their geographical location, right, they're great schools, but there's not a lot of businesses around. So you can't get a job placement within an hour of where you go to school. So you end up having to you end up having to look somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, now that things are remote, especially in cybersecurity especially in this field, um, there should be more of that. Like now everything, you can be nationwide. You can just like how these, all these universities are remote, the jobs are remote, the internship um, program should be remote. Like to me, there is no excuse for not partnering universities that are out here that have, are taking people's money left and right and making people spend all of this money should in good conscience, to James's point, be partnering with organizations. You should be getting a return on your investment. You put this money in and this time and this effort. A lot of the people doing this have day jobs, have all other kinds of stuff. Like this is not potentially okay. Mom and dad just you know drop seventy thousand dollars on me. These are people who are working. You know they're putting their hard-earned money into this, trying to break in. And part of that is how we started this podcast because I kept getting people like that that were like, oh. I went to this program and James, they didn't know what the difference was between a GRC and, a, you know, like if they're coming from the outside in, that's another challenge. They don't know. And they're just being sold. And it's just frustrating to me. And preach, it's preach Christmas tree, preach. <laughs> the, the, the wisdom you want me on a of box. This is it. 
there's so much wrong with this. Like, I feel like we are talking about democratic socialism at this point. We are just turning it into a political thing. But yeah, education should be free. Other countries have this figured out. We don't saddle well, generations with debt. Like, they don't So, do so but, but other countries also don't have the same level of education, which is why American universities have more people that want to come and study at them than anywhere else in the world, right? When, to do it, but that's the thing. But, but, but we should, what should be free, and here's where I think when we say free university or free college for everyone, here's what should be free. Um, junior colleges. You should, everyone should be entitled to go to junior college and get a two-year certification before that. And universities shouldn't get tax subsidy mm. for liberal art degrees. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Learning for, no, learning for the no, sake of learning. Learning for the sake of learning. Yeah, but don't learn for the sake of learn. Borrow sixty grand to learn liberal oh, arts at a university yeah. to get a degree that no one wants to hire you in, That's and true. then you're trying to pivot at thirty because, well, you got your liberal arts degree, whoop de do, and now no one wants to hire you, and they all become salespeople, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> they all become. I got my liberal arts degree, so you're like you went. You got a sixty thousand. You paid sixty grand to get a degree to go become a salesperson that yeah. you could have done for sixty grand less. <laughs> so yeah. how about we make junior colleges free? I like that yeah. idea. Four year colleges, colleges, like yeah. any private university, mm-hmm. should be a business. Offer degrees that people can go get a job on. Offer an ROI. Partner with organizations, mm-hmm. and that's how we should revamp our our education system. Oh, yeah. To quantify people and that should start in high school that should start in middle school mm-hmm. i don't understand this whole stuff of like some of the stuff they're teaching kids today i'm like what happened to computers why aren't we teaching computer science in school it's ridiculous it's it's and then you want to know like oh these other countries can like come and hack us like yeah that's why okay comments comments <laughs> comments edX Terrence keeps talking about this. Terrence, put your ugly sweater on and come on the show. Put him on anyway. Yeah. Show, come on, come on, come on. Let's come and talk about edX. This sounds good. Terrence is saying here, took a Nama cloud computing course with UMUC for $900, um, hands-on lab and writing papers. So a that's price. cool. Um, that's it's a, a really nice good price. price. That's a really nice price. Uh, a couple of things Eric had said earlier. Let me go back. Tons of comments here. Okay, so Eric said, <laughs> Eric's joking. He's like, it's a tree doing a show. Yes, it is. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, feel free to chime in anytime. Yeah, your chime thought. in anytime. Yeah, guest here. <laughs> we could fit uh, like what? How many I, guests can we fit in? Like 10 or something? I, I, I don't want to badmouth my university, but I, I, I got a degree in digital forensics and where I'm living now, there's no jobs in digital forensics entry level. So it, it's more of a, it should be more of a master's degree program in digital forensics than it should be a, 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 a bachelor's degree in digital forensics. But then again, I didn't go through the entire program. I transferred and, and took the, the core courses and, and got a degree, but so, so Danielle, I understand your frustration. I want to, I want to propose something, everyone. You just gave me an idea. I want to propose something. We'll see if everyone who's watching, listening, you know, with us here will agree to do this. I propose that effective January first, everyone who's trying to break into cyber, on their um, LinkedIn profile, update what they have and what they know how to do, and tag and use the hashtag InfoSecHire. 
Okay. And then we all share it within our networks and we go help us get this person hired. And okay. I'll share it. Naomi will share it. Renee yeah. will share it. Christoph will get more people to share it. Everyone share it. If you're looking for a job on January 1st, post your profile, right? Saying, this is my degree. This is what I do. Make it a paragraph long. This is my core expertise. This is the role I'm looking for remote or within this area where you're willing to be. And hashtag it infosec hires and let's start something where we're constantly sharing these roles because if you've digital forensics right now is like something every msp and mssp and every major vendor is looking for there's no reason why danielle shouldn't have a job by january 30th but i think if we all put our uh uh, if we all just start promoting the people that are looking for this we can break through those those barriers that exist within you know cv sorting so so naomi what do you say are I'm you down doing it. i'm in there's 314,000 unfilled jobs in the united states for cybersecurity, and we need to do a better job solar winds is our come to jesus moment and if we don't learn something from this like we are doing something wrong if we continue the way we've been doing it we will have another solar winds and we will continue to have it but if we reach out get people these jobs give them a leg up get them in we will all be better for it. And we are just holding ourselves back by propagating these false narratives that say you need certain degrees and certain backgrounds and certain certs. We are killing ourselves here. Our burnout proves it. All right. I am going on the comment section now. I'm putting the hashtag okay. for everyone to see. So tons of people want to join. Um, Cyber hires. InfoSec hires. InfoSec hires. I'm going to post that up here. InfoSec hires. Cool. Should we do it with um, InfoSec hires? That's the hash. You post that starting January 1st. I'll share it within my network. I'll tag companies that I know are looking for these folks. We'll tag people in our post. Mm-hmm. And let's see if we can get 10 people hired by the end of January doing this as a community. Nice. And if we can do that, that's the start of what people could do. Exactly. That's what 2021 could be for us. That, yeah. That's exactly what it is. So Kritika wants to know, how does a non-engineer break into CISO and marketing or business strategy? I'm thinking she's think she's saying security, maybe, and marketing or business strategy. Uh, I don't fully understand this question. If, if, if she doesn't mind reposting it. Yeah, if you could do that, that'd be great. Reginald says, I just looked into WGU after Perscolis. I'm going to take a look. Perscolis is another awesome free program. Reginald, if you want to hop on, I'm sending out the links in a couple seconds, guys. I know a couple of you said that you want to um, join. I think Perscolis only limits you to the location of their, their it classes. It is. So weird. What? Yeah, right Tech now, Talent and I don't. South does the same thing. Which mm-hmm. one? Tech Talent South. Tech Talent South. Okay, I know Press Goals is in New York. It's in um, uh, DC, and I don't know where else. If Tandy's still Tech here, Tandy chime in because I know Tandy used to work at Press Goals and help mm-hmm. people um, get through the get through that pipeline. Um, and we had a number of people come on during October, and they talked about this program, and every single one of those people got jobs. Somewhere at Cap One, somewhere at um, I believe Deloitte. Like again, the partnership, the organization partners with the with you know the school, the boot camp, whatever partners with organizations, and they funnel people in. And there's not this crazy expectation that a person is going to know a ton of stuff being a newbie. Um, Ozzy says, "Good morning and happy festive." Yes, y'all. Yes, we are festive today. Um, 
I already posted that one. Eric Williams says, school grade certifications or even raw skills really reveal true talent. Talent is revealed by creativity, persistence, and passion. Say well it said. Again. And fostered by curiosity. Amen. Amen. Williams. Bring them bring on, Eric. Eric, come on. Come on. We're sending you the link too. Sansere says, preach. When James was preaching earlier, we were in church. <laughs> <laughs> this is Shady Dave saying, oh, my God, y'all in the sweaters. <laughs> hey, by the way, if Dave is still hey, watching, Dave, Dave just Dave just completed, I think it was like 23 years in the military, oh and God. he just got a really big promotion. So congratulations, Woo. Dave. Merry Christmas Woo-hoo. to you and your family. Man. Thank you for your service and everything you do for awesome. our country. That yeah. is awesome. We're, we're great. General, general now. He's not a general, but oh. he is. He has reached a very, very, um, it's, it's a huge milestone. I Ooh, forgot what it is, and I don't want to butcher it. It was okay. earlier this month, and um, but but well done to Dave, and, and I'm glad that we have people like Dave in our federal government. Fantastic. now for the Space Force, so. I, I want him, to, I'd love for him to be the General of Space Force. Like, <laughs> could you imagine Dave as General of Space Force? General Guardian Space Force? We're launching a bunch of Python red team tools to take down the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Terrence, I am sending you the link right now. I know Nancy wants the link too. I'm sending it. I'm sending it. So there and, you go. And and Dave is CW4. So so he's he's a Look chief warrant officer. It's a, it, we'll we'll have to bring him on to explain it. Okay. I don't want to butcher I can it. My own horn. I just recently lost a hundred pounds. <gasps> Yay, Danielle. Yay, well done, Danielle. Okay, Ozzy says Drexel WGU Capella. I don't know about Capella. Our university I've heard of that have good cyber curricula. I definitely heard of the first two. I don't know about Capella. I want to see where I like like just rank different courses and and boot camps and stuff. Like I'm I'm just gonna go in and just see what these are all about and just give them my hot my hot takes. Be like, this is the best one I could see. This is the next best one, and here's some that you should stay away from. Totally. I, don't know, I think we'll get something out of it. Um, James, that's a great point about location. When he was talking about locations earlier, um, oh, did we answer? Sansare wants to know why why aren't there more cyber internships? Because cybersecurity teams are too busy to teach and mentor. Like when I did that whole analysis of LinkedIn po- job posts, there's like a thousand of them. Only two of those thousands were an internship. Two. Ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, ridiculous. And we cannot continue to blame this on being busy. Like we'll be busy for the next hundred years if we don't get every, people to every, the every, But every job is busy. Right. Right. I, I don't see anyone like not busy. I think the challenge with internships and cyber is also the idea of qualifications. Right. You've got to be able to understand who you're bringing in. By the way, the most common internships that people people always look to like do an internship. They'll be like, hey, James, how do I get an internship at a big brand? And I'm like, why are you looking at a big brand? Go to a vendor. Small companies. And Go to and- vendors. Vendor, vendors always have internships. Like if you're in Georgia, SecureWorks has internships. Um, if you're trying to be an analyst or, 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 or stuff like that, there's a bunch of companies here that all are cybersecurity vendors that would love to have you for an internship. Yeah, but people are looking to like go do an internship at a bank, and I'm like, that's going to be a little bit more difficult it's because true, of compliance yeah. and regulation and, and stuff that ha- that has to do with it. Well, so- internship banks do 
banks tend to have big internship programs. But the thing is, and this is from somebody who worked on internship programs and put together internship programs from soup to nuts, um, usually an organization partners, partnership, 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 partners with a university or two or three, and they tend to do outreach to that university. So what ends up happening, and this is another reason why I think people should always, when you're looking at when you're looking at a university program in order to get a job, because I know some people go to school for all types of various reasons. But if you're looking to a university program or a boot camp or any of that stuff, the very first question I would want to know is where do your graduates end up working? When they get out of school, how long does it take them to get a job and where do they go work? And what percentage of the people leave your program and go directly into a job, period, point blank. If they cannot mm-hmm. answer that question for you, move on. Mm-hmm. Because you do not want to sit in a situation and be paying all this money when, you know, maybe, you know, I believe maybe school, whatever name school has a great, um, I don't know, some other program. And they place people, but their cyber program doesn't place people. You know, you really, really want to know, like, where are these people getting jobs and how soon after they uh, you graduate are you going to get a job and what the starting salaries are? Information. They yeah, have like med school do this kind of stuff, right? They do all the time. Yeah. Period. Point. Like, mm-hmm. I worked in banks, all the big, a lot, not all, but some big banks in New York City. We partner with certain schools. Some of the schools were... Um, and one organization I worked at, we partnered with a school called Baruch, which is a um, CUNY school, which is a, a local kind of low cost um, public institution in New York City. Um, and they had re- they have a really good program, but it's not expensive. Um, and we partnered with the school. Uh, at that time, I was hiring accountants and people like business, business, people with business majors, things like that. And so we went directly to the school and we went and we said, hey, we want to bring in accountants. We want to bring in, we want these interns. We want to bring in 25 interns or 30 or whatever the number was. We want them to funnel into the organization. We went around within the organization as the HR people. Hey, chief, you know, accounting officer, how many interns do you want? How many people, how, what do you need? What's your, this is your pipeline. We had those discussions. We went to IT. Hey, CIO, which one of your groups needs internship? You know, we need to get this pipeline going. Like they do this in organizations. So the organizations partner with certain universities. So folks, you really, really, really want to be asking those questions. When you go to these universities, where are you placing your people? Where? They can't give you an answer. On to the next. Okay, so I sent some, I sent some links out. Um, Eric says I will take a stab at cybersecurity internship issues. I was facilitating an internship at a federal program, and the issue was clearances. Um, that's government. Yeah, that's a government situation. Um, but you know what? I've also the folks that were on la- last night from Federal Career Connection, they were on last night, Eric, and they were talking about. We specifically talked about federal internships. CISA has one right now. You don't need a clearance. I think you need to be clearable. Um, but where would you get an, a, a clearance from if you're a student? And what the what the young lady told us last night, Julie um, Julie Broadway, she said that she started as an intern. Um, another lady who was on the, the month before, the Federal Career Connection folks that were on the month before, that person had started as an intern. So... 
the federal government does have internships. I, I don't know the, the, the intricacies of them. And from what these folks said, and they're the experts, they said that those um, internship programs are, uh, they, will, they will allow people without clearances. I was in modern day. That was my first, my, one of my first ones. I had a secret clearance and I worked for the U.S. Army cool. at, a, at a fort. <laughs> the DOD sponsored us. So. Awesome. So, yeah. Eric, yeah, talk to us about this. Um, they, they didn't look like they were all remote positions. They looked like they were mostly in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, Florida. Yes. Those, the ones that sister, I think they were in like three different locations. Yeah. So, I mean, the federal government stuff, especially with some of the clearances and things like that, I don't believe that they are going to be as many 100% remote ones. But I, I believe it was IBM or what was I reading? One of these large insurance companies, they didn't, they, they kept their remote internship program. I think they had dozens, if not up to 100 interns. Um, and they were talking about the best practices of doing it remotely because they're like, look, this is the way life is right now. We don't know when it's going to go back to whatever normal will be. And so they kept their internship program. Um, okay. So Lincoln says, I agree with Terrence. edX has partnerships with lots of very good institutions. The programs are very good. So I just sent out, um, a link to Terrence. So Terrence, let me know that you got the link and, um, come on and let's talk about this. Eric says the federal entity and contract company were reluctant about sponsoring internships due to the ephemeral nature of the relationship. So I guess with the contract company, definitely there's question marks. But I think direct to federal, um, you know, is not as big of an issue. Clearances are another roadblock. Yeah. I mean, federal stuff, yes. But there's a lot of positions you can get that are not clearance. You don't need a clearance. Hey, Eric, I can see clearance being an issue, but what about learning about compliance and policies versus hacking and pen testing? Anybody want to take that on? So, I mean, we need both roles, right? So I was speaking to someone last week or this week, I can't remember when, um, who, who was transitioning out of the military and had, I think, you know, 20 some odd years of leadership experience in the military. And they wanted to go and they were thinking about starting in a pen testing role, like just a basic analyst role. And I was like, you're, you're, you're losing all your uniqueness and you're going to be overqualified. You're probably going to get uh, a bunch of hiring managers saying we can't bring you to work with a bunch of 24 year olds, right? Or 22 year olds that are red teamers. You know, when you're, when you're in your mid forties and you were running squadrons across the world in military operations, <laughs> But but he was, I, I mean, I encouraged him to learn the basics so he knows this stuff. But compliance and policies require people who are structured and require a set of uh, uh, skills that a lot of military people possess, which is order, which is what goes when, processes and procedures and so forth. And so there's there's learning compliance and policies is just as important as knowing, you know, pen testing or threat intel or anything like that, because that's, that's the legal part of cyber. And that's the baseline of cyber is compliance and policies writing. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know about Naomi, but documentation isn't my strong suit. But I realize that if I don't, if I don't, if I don't get good at documentation, I can't be a good CISO. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> I like to have templates, <laughs> right? There's, there's plenty of good templates out there and fill in the blanks. 
So I don't like writing documentation. I don't know anyone who really does, but um, yeah, it is important. We need everyone. Doing documentation. Oh, there you go, <laughs> Danielle. It's all about documenting absolutely everything in digital forensics. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. you, have, you have to log times and and everything. It's 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 document everything. Kritika, she followed up. I meant what qualifications and certifications might be beneficial for a marketing or strategy related job in cybersecurity? Well, if you, uh, I think that's more community, you know, than, than anything else. Right. Um, I don't know that I, I don't know that you need a cert to market cyber, but you do need to understand what buzzwords and what marketing tactics to not use. So being part of groups or just following people and, 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 and engaging might give you a little bit better than anything, but that's just my humble opinion. So, oh my God, I lost track of all these comments. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna start from the bottom. Goodness gracious. Okay, being clear isn't all it's cracked up to be. I don't know who said that. That's Dave, that's Dave. That's Dave. for sure Dave. Dave, Dave. Dave, Dave. Ooh, Terrence is joining. Woohoo! Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> We're here. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Let's see your sweater. Yeah. Do you have a sweater? Well, no, not exactly. Right. Okay. One from the 80s, remember? Uh, that's cool. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> so tell us about edX. So EDX is um it's a link that links all these different educational uh, schools and academia. You can take some courses that are for free or you can pay, I forget, it's, it's called something student, but you can pay for a program. For instance, I did the MicroMasters UMUC program. It's a master's certificate in uh, cloud computing. It's a series oh. of four classes. Um, you actually go up into AWS and you know you launch an instance, you launch your own web page, you uh, it, so you you get a lot of hands-on uh, experience um, in this program, and so it's definitely paid off because I'm a CISO uh, for the Defense Security Technology Administration. Excuse me, Defense Technology Security Administration, and we're actually going through a cloud migration. Although it's not AWS, it's Microsoft. However that hands-on experience has definitely helped me out to understand that cloud computing environment. So even if you're a person who doesn't have a significant amount of experience, for those that are trying to break into cybersecurity, that is a very good starting point to look for a source of uh, information for whatever avenue you wanna go in cybersecurity, basically. That's great advice. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So. It, 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 def it definitely is, you know. And one of the other things, too, and I'm not sure if you are, um, the uh, DOD CIO, uh, obviously there's the 8570, the workforce uh, certifications, right, where you have the uh, information assurance technicians, uh, levels one through three, and then IAM levels one through three. They're actually developing something new um, that they're pushing out. And when it's coming out, I'm not exactly sure. But what it'll do is, is, It'll open it uh, up um, jobs, uh, government jobs, where you're not pigeonholed into, you know, like specifically just your security clearance, but it'll allow you, if you have like a degree from a university 
or you have a certificate program that's that's aligned with that work specialty, um, it'll be more easier. It'll be a little more easier for you to get your foot in the door, even in contracting jobs of uh, support for the government. Okay, awesome. Thanks for that good good info, Eric Terrence. <laughs> I'm looking at all that. Yeah, everything. that's great. That's that's absolutely brilliant info because the federal government needs as much talent as possible um, in its arsenal of people, yeah. um, especially early on. I was speaking to uh, uh, yesterday. I was on a call with the former general out of Israel, and he was talking about how they've built a cycle of a thousand new cybersecurity professionals entering the work field every single year in Israel. And it's essentially because there's mandatory service there. They get a thousand new people that enter the cyber core of 8,200 every single year. And then every year, another thousand transition out and go into the private sector. Yeah. And then, and then those thousand people either go into the private sector or stay in government and move to different branches of government. Right. And so by the, by the, by the time they're 30 years old though. So think about it. You, you enter the military there at 17, 18, you finish by 2021. And then if you stay in for nine more years, by the time you're 30, you've got 12 years of experience. Right. Hmm. And that's honestly how you create pipelines period point blank. Yeah. That's it. What's right. the name of that? Jim? And then what's fascinating is that what cracks me up a lot is that people act like this has never been done before and that other places aren't doing it. And that, you know, it's like, oh, what, how do we scratch, scratch, scratch our heads? Like, what do we do? How do we do it? This big, you know, challenge. And it's, it, a part of me starts to wonder, like, do people really want to solve, problem solve? Like we've done it before. We're doing it now in Israel where we've done it with all other types of professions. There was a point in time, somebody asked me about last week about um, women in security. I'm like, there was a point in time where there weren't women doctors, there weren't women accountants, there weren't women, all types mm -hmm. of stuff. Right. <laughs> now, uh, there's 50% women accountants. Now, there's probably, I don't know what the percentage is of women, you know, female doctors. Like, this stuff has been done. There's mm -hmm. no need to be scratching heads and figuring out, how do we get more people? How do we get more Well, doctors? the idea is, how do you shorten that time frame? Correct. Right? So, 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 so how do you it's shorten the time model. frame? Of, well, 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 you got to build it out. But again, it goes back to our earlier conversation about education, right? We have to start in middle school. We have to start at homes, right? People choose a profession because of, you know, like there, there's common stereotypes in America and I'll use one. And, you know, for example, you know, Asian parents or Indian parents are never happy if their kids aren't going to be doctors or, or lawyers, right? If you're not a doctor or a lawyer, mom and dad ain't proud of you. Right. But but there's a bunch of other jobs that are very, very qualifying. So it's, it's on us to really also push it from a community perspective to younger kids. So, you know, when I meet an eight year old kid or a nine year old kid and, you know, you ask them like, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they're like, I want to be a fireman. I'm like, great. What's your backup? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's why in these other and other cult- cultures, other countries, I think we talked about this a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, we were all here. It's from the nation down. So it's mandated in Israel. This is what you're going to do. Everybody moves through this process in other countries. You know, this is what, you know, in K through 12 or the equivalent of that. This is what the students are learning. This is what they're exposed to. I think Ozzy was on here and Namdi will talk about this because his parents are Nigerian that uh-huh. his, uh, you know, Ozzy was on and she said, my dad said, engineer, um, there was like three options. <laughs> so, so James, to your point, it was like two or three options and you get to pick one and then you can do whatever you want to do after this, 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 you know, this funnel. So, um, I know Namdi wants to ch- chime in. My daughter uh, wants to be a robotics engineer. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I think your daughter should be making YouTube videos of wanting to be a robotic engineer. Totally. Totally. And also to Renee. So you take Israel, right? Israel is a collective society, right? Unlike the United States, and you can disagree with me, sometimes the United States may be collective at certain times, and sometimes it's not. It's a me, me, and you get your own type of society. Then it takes people that are on, that are live right now, that care that you're individually uh, in the fight in the cybersecurity world to actually make those connections, you know, and, and tie people with other people so that they have success to get themselves through the door. Because if, if we were a collective society, then the exact framework that James just said would be fit, would fit right into the United States. But guess what? I had Terrence that fits because I'll tell you what I did the veteran November um, podcast series where I brought in 30 veterans that have transitioned into InfoSec. Right. I didn't care about their background. I didn't care where they came from. And that was a collective. Right. And that was a bunch of people wanting to help other people. And I'll give a shout out to Larcy uh, Robertson, who when I said, hey, this is the project I want to do, she reached out to her entire network and had 50 people reach out to me to want to be on the show. Right. Right. So so we do have a sense of collective um, and community. I think the challenge we have is that we talk within our own echo chamber and we're not expanding outside. So while we're talking to each other right now, and this is great and we're having an awesome discussion but if we have this conversation, every single person that's on this live cast, right, with three people that can make an impact within your circle that weren't part of this. So someone that you know that's in HR or in leadership somewhere and so forth. And those three people let that you plant that seed and you let it resonate and you let that build. Then we're bound to deliver change quicker. Right. So Talking a little bit more on a bigger scope. Right. That's it. it, it it's right. It starts at the center. And it builds itself out. But I'm talking collectively. You were talking about Israel as a whole, as a whole entire society. That is different when you are, you talked about echo chamber. When you're in the echo chamber of cybersecurity and networking, yes, that's very true. That it, it is, it is collective, right? And and as a matter of fact, um, I joined Renee, uh, Renee, uh, her, I, the, I don't know if you call it iPodcast, but a lot of, like, I, I found her, what, probably about nine months ago. Right. When COVID started. And trust me, people that have been in some of these live podcast podcasts, um, I've reached out to and I've linked them up to try to get them, uh, you know, to make sure that they can get the help that they can. If they're not happy in the job, they're trying to break into cybersecurity. 
So I uh, trust me, I get it. I'm totally on board and understand. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I have a, I have a, a different perspective. I know that. Um, Hold on one second, then before you no chime problem. in, I just wanted to say, add in that um, I had a couple conversations with some of the folks in. Um, I, uh, was it this administration? It may still have been, may have been this administration. I can't remember if it's this administration or the last one. Um, and they were talking about at the time discussions around having uh, a cyber academy that's that would be equivalent to a like a point or an Air Force Academy or something like that, and creating um, creating an academy so that you could funnel young people through so that they would start to get that pipeline of students or young cadets and stuff coming out. Um, but I'm not sure if what happened to it um, or where it went, but I thought that was a one a great pipeline to kind of funnel people in just like they do through the Air Force Academy and through the Naval Academy and all the other academies and create like a cyber academy. Um, and I feel like it was the end of the Obama administration. I'm kind of so, so, so that actually almost did go into place because DHS and NSA have cyber centers of excellence with universities, right? Where they essentially um, have you go into school and study for four years, complete a degree and get a certain level of expertise. And then you go and you do your service um, and, and work within those departments. So you can work within DHS or CISA or NSA or, or, or all that. There's a bunch of universities that are like NSA center of excellence, like their mm -hmm. NSA DHS center of excellence. Yeah. I think that was, I think based on what you're saying, what you're describing is essentially that concept that's now in a lot of different universities across the country. Okay, cool. Danielle's got to go. Bye, Danielle. Bye, Danielle. Uh, Terrence, are you taking off too? Yeah. Okay. Hey. Bye, guys. Hi guys. Bye, Bye. Terrence. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Take care. Christmas. Okay, Nambi's up. Hey, how, how's everyone? Merry uh Merry Christmas. I have the ugly. I try to find something. I don't have a sweater, so I put an ugly shawl on. I think I borrowed it from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not watching you call her shawl ugly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a we have a good support system. So I, I'm gonna hop on to the show. I need something. So um look. I, I think it's a great discussion, by the way. I was listening to it, so I went to hop in. Um, I think it's not just a cyber problem, it's a technology problem in a sense that um, it's about having zero experience and want to get into technology. So it happens that, you know, because of the, the recent news, cyber is the, 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 the number one thing we've been talking about. A lot of people want to come into it. Um, what I don't see a lot, and, I, and, it, and, it, and it disheartens me, Professional organizations, I, I always say this, right? Um, I'm, I'm personally part of various um, professional organizations that do, we do research projects. And there's only, in, in those groups, there are only people that are professionals there, you know, people that are in their career at various firms and stuff. I don't see students. And no one's going to tell a student, no, you can't be here. As long as you're willing to do work, add in. I mean, that goes for open source projects, that goes for professional orgs. and it's a great way to get experience. It's a great way to network with people that have, that are in various firms, right? And it's really about networking. At that point, you know, they're not saying, you know, hire me, hire me, but they're working with you now for a couple of months throughout the semester. You're, you're being, you're, you're adding onto the project. You're getting recognition for your resume. You're meeting new contacts. I mean, I, I, I think it's a segue that, that I rarely see um, college students using or, or college or people with uh 
that are trying to get into technology. I mean, there's various cyber projects from, I mean, in, in the Cloud Security Alliance, I've been a part of for like a couple of years now, various working groups from blockchain to quantum to, you know, you name it. And then there's various other ones. And it's just something that I don't see. And, and I think it's a it's really a hack to 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 volunteer if you if you can't get a fancy internship. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, definitely we, you know, we we've been having these conversations to talk about that. Um, the volunteering, I think who was on from SIS, the organization SSA, I believe. Um, I forget his name. Uh, Jeremy, I can't remember his name, but somebody came on and talked about the power of volunteering. There was a young lady who was on, who also was a part of a, a professional organization. I think it was ISSA again in North Carolina yep. area, and that's how she got her first job. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we talk. You know, it's definitely something that comes up often. But to your point, I don't think a lot of uh, students maybe fully understand how being part of some of these organizations can help really propel them into um, immediate or relatively quickly into opportunities. I mean, even existing professionals, right? Like we're we're working right now on the DLT framework. It's a security paper we're working with. Um, and various um, firms, I think the DTCC is sponsoring it, and it's an ongoing effort, right? If you don't, uh, you might not have experience with certain technology like blockchain, but it's something you're interested in. Now you get to be part of a work group, you get to contribute, you get to constantly um, be around that, and it goes for for various things, from cloud to application security to whatever you want to do. Um, and that's just one group. Like I said, there's countless groups. Like you mentioned, one there's various ones, and the, the, you know, I, I'm basically a fan of them. And what I just don't see is I don't see people, everyone I see there, they're currently well into their career. I don't see people outside of it. And I'm, I'm always wondering, like, this is an easy hack. Like, just, you know. So. Right. Why aren't newbies in there? Yeah, so why not? Get in there, folks. I, I even advise people still, and they just never, never come. So I don't, you know, I don't yeah. get it. I don't know. Um, Charles, Merry Christmas, great people. Thank you for the great insight. I'm trying to get to all the questions because there were a couple more questions. Folks, it's 1210 though. Do you have time? There's a couple more questions in here. It's Christmas Eve and I'm oh, Jewish. Right. So There's I've literally got no, I've got all the time in the world. Wow, love it. <laughs> so, um, Again, I'm going to post this up again. It's hashtag InfoSec Hire. So January 1, James is saying we are all going to collectively share your, your information with our networks and kind of blast you out there. And I'm super excited to be doing this. Um, we got to get Justin Jones on this, too, because he has a ton of veterans that I think this would, this would kind of blow up even some more. Uh, Kritika says, does well, anyone know or have an, have an opinion on cyber marketing professional certification from NICS? I don't know. I, I, uh, what, what is uh, so NICS? Cyber, that's part of CISA? Yeah, Training Search Institute. Certified cyber marketing professional. Hmm. Hmm. i never heard of it before. Well, the federal government is trying to make money, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting one. I, actually, I, I want to know who time. in CISA came up with this one. You know what's not in the marketplace? What? Marketing professionals for cyber. You know what we're going to do? What? We're going to certify them. Because <laughs> we're the government. We know how to market better than anyone else. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy By the way, God. just so you know, in the bill that was vetoed for the bailout, 
I don't know if you guys read, went through it line by line. No. The U.S. government spends $1.5 million a year on walking lizards on treadmills. No. That's serious. It's a line on there. Could you not? We spend $1.5 million a year walking lizards on treadmills. On treadmills. Mm-hmm. That's part of the $900 billion uh, bailout. Fascinating. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when I saw that marketing thing, I was like, lizards on treadmills. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the image I got in my head. <laughs> when you find out about it, come back on and let us know. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, I'm dying to know about that. I totally want to know about this one. Anuj wants to know, hello, everyone. I have a question regarding getting into cybersecurity. I'm too, I guess, two classes shy from completing his master's in IT. Thank you for going for security. Plus, please help me navigate. He's on the right track. Yep. Join a professional org. Join professional orgs. Yeah. Volunteer. Network, network, network. Network, network here. Yeah. Be visible. Yeah, go be part of B-Sides wherever you live. Yeah. That's a great way to do that. Great way. B-Sides is awesome. It's like 20 bucks for a conference. And if I think if you volunteer, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. Copy Jason Blanchard. Somebody said copy Jason. Jason Blanchard is so awesome. Yes, we will put him in the mix because he has been doing um, these Twitch. Uh, um, he's been doing these little lives on Twitch where he helps people find a job like right then and there. Um, and that's something it's very similar to what Justin Jones was doing. So definitely I'm going to make sure that Jason Blanchard is a part of it. Um, I did a week's CISSP boot camp in the UK. It cost 6,000 pounds. No. I love learning from the others on the course as well as the tutor. Wow. That's very expensive for CISSP. That's more than science. I have a CISSP. That's very expensive for CISSP. 6,000 pounds? No, that's a boot camp, though. But but that's in the UK. That was a boot camp, and that's in the UK. you got to adjust. Remember, like, we pay a dollar for a double cheeseburger. They don't. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eric says position description typically asks for digital forensic experience that is only realized when there's actual experience in incident response to immediate acquisition is not digital or forensic. So he's talking about what um, Danielle was asking for. And this kind of comment, this this type of thing keeps coming up. It's come up a few times in that, you know, the cybersecurity entry level positions, which is what the vast majority of people need. Um, it's like you're preparing people, you're preparing, you need people at the mid-level, um, but we, the schools are not even preparing them for entry level. So it was just, it's just this, it's like you're trying to teach somebody stuff that it's going to take a while for them to get and they need the experience doing it. So um, I've seen that issue too. Perscolis is also in Atlanta. So anyone in Atlanta, Perscolis is free, folks. F-R-E-E, six months. Oh, and Reginald is saying it's remote now. So check them out. Perscolis, and she, she um, Sonare spells it correctly. Um, reach out to them and see how you can get into their program. It is six months full-time from what I understand. So 40 hours a week, you cannot have a quote-unquote day job while doing it. Um, but at the end of it, the great thing is they have real partnerships with organizations that have funneled tons of people into. That's awesome. Yeah, they do place their people and it's free. So it's free and you get placed. I mean, if you have the six months, there's somewhere to go. That's not um, bad. What's a good free program in getting certification and getting experience as a new graduate? 
Um, I have a free program, um, AWS Educate. Is that the one through um, Am- yeah. AWS? And Google Literally. has something too, right? Yeah, yeah, Google has some stuff. I mean, it's cloud-based, but you can find uh, cloud uh, security-related certification in it. So you have AWS um, Educate um, for students, especially if you uh, still have that college ID and um, or email. And then, you know, like you just said, Renee, uh, Google has something. Has a free one, too. Um, Eric, my sweater ain't ugly, only my hair. You can bring ugly hair, too. <laughs> You can bring ugly hair. He's got the Cove Fro hashtag. You know that's good. You know that's good. We should have had Eric on the show. I want to see the fro or post a picture. Everyone's laughing at that. (laughs) USSF sounds like Independence Day, the movie. Eric has a good time on here. Um, Ooh, is this Shady Dave that said there are some cyber related jobs that should not have interns? Yes, it's probably him because he's just suspicious of everyone. When he sees himself in the mirror, Dave goes, what are you doing here? Who are you? Shady Dave, come on the show if you want to. Um, Somebody asked, what about Texas? You guys got to do your own research. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shut down. That's fantastic. Hashtag and go. I'm a transitioning service member and I'm seeking um, seeking internships, but I'm told that I should start at a job that's in networking or something similar at a level, level that gets me familiar with IT in general. I'm hoping to be an ISSO or CISO, but ensure what steps I should take to get to that goal. I reached out to John privately to kind of give him a private pep talk about this and get some background since because we just i just i don't know um but um transitioning service members the easiest thing to do is look at the defense industrial complex the dic and start making friends at those big firms and that's where you're going to get your internships that's where they're going to hire you on you'll still have an active clearance which means they're looking for you. you'll make more money You'll still kind of be in the military, but not really. So it's a little bit easier from a transition from from all kinds of aspects to go down the defense industrial complex for a little while and then go the completely uh, private citizen route. Yeah. People are looking for paid internships. And Eric, we agree. You know, internships, I, I, I... Don't know if this is still the case, but at one point there was um, a whole big blow up in regards to internships and that they should be paid. That I guess I don't think free internships are a thing. Pay your people. Pay, pay, pay. Um, Okay, we already answered a a new just question. We don't know what internships are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We think that- Yeah. (laughs) I have a story about that, about terms of internships. So my my niece, uh, she graduated. She was in a university in Michigan at the time, and she wanted an internship. And, you know, my sister gave her great advice. She said, listen, go look at small companies, right? Go to the job ads and see who's hiring for your particular role and contact them and say, listen, I know you're hiring this role, but until you find that full-time person, I can come in for, you know, an internship 
process and help you um, accomplish some of your goals. I mean, she did it a few times and it actually worked. She got a she got an industrial um, engineering internship at the time. This was years ago. And, um, you know, the whole point is people are asking about Dallas or this place or that place. Sometimes it's like you kind of have to be a a little bit creative and, and a little bit out of the box to create the scenario for yourself and it could possibly work. Like I'm sure if, if you call one of the CISOs on, on this, um, in, in this, in this conference right now and on this, on this podcast and they had a job opening, but they, it was hard to fill. And you said, listen, wrote them a letter, contacted them, right. As an example, and said, listen, this is a skill I have. This is the value I can bring. I can do it for an internship and help you reach some of your goals. I mean, it might work. It might not, but at least you, it's a different shot. So. I like it. Yeah. Yep. Totally. After completing my MBA, I started a cybersecurity master's and all I learned was theory. I grew frustrated and stopped after three classes in the program and I started earning my IT cybersecurity certifications because I wasn't learning anything practical of which I could use. Oh, <laughs> uh, like beauty of our education system when people say, look, Georgia Tech's got a program for 10 grand and then you realize it's all just the theory of regulations. <laughs> That's and then somebody, and, and I'm, I'm wondering if this is shady days. <laughs> so I definitely agree. That's a shame. It really is. Um, I think he asked this already. Okay, Tyrone yes. <laughs> says, can you speak on the value of teaching yourself via free online resources that are available via YouTube and how one might evaluate the content on YouTube so you focus on beneficial content? <clears throat> I always wonder why people assume it's YouTube. Like I just buy books. I learn from books best. So I don't go straight to online resources. I mean, Cyber is great. Caveat, I am an instructor. But like online resources are great. But I think books are better. Like you just buy a book. There are so many out there that are amazing. And, and just read through it. There's examples in there. Sometimes they come with little labs. Go through them. Like those are the kind of things that I learn best from, not just watching YouTube videos. So there's a bunch of guys that do a bunch of cyber trainings right on YouTube that you can go to if that's your thing. Because I, like Naomi, like to learn from books. Hence, there's books behind me everywhere. I have books everywhere. I am still a paper book guy, right? Like I still like to order my book on Amazon or, you know, something and wait for it to come in the mail. Like I don't do the Kindle either. Yeah. Is is my book here yet? Is my book here yet? Is my book here yet? I like it, and I love the the, the smell of, of of freshly cut wood that becomes my paper. Um, there's something very uh, evolutionary about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're if you're thing about learning through video, which I know some people love to learn through video, yeah, YouTube. There's a bunch. There's like Jason Dion. There's a bunch of guys out there that do really cool stuff. Um, you can look at views and reviews, look at comments. If they don't have any comments on their video, if they turn off their YouTube comments on their videos, ask yourself why. <laughs> um, but, but you can always just look it up and, 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 and kind of see that. Um, you've mentioned a bunch, of, a bunch of free stuff from Cybrary. There's the Khan Academy, K-H-A-N. Um, they have a bunch of free stuff. So a bunch of free stuff out there. Here's the one thing I will say, though, about teaching yourself. It's great when you nail the interview. When you come to the interview and say, I teach myself all these things, we're going to love you. I'm 
rarely will it get you through the door. And that's just a sad reality. Mm-hmm. So you can teach yourself all you want, but go get a security plus or get something that'll get you through the door. So when you come into the interview, I know that your skills isn't just security plus it's way beyond. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think I like um, the- Andy has a point too, because you use Udemy and a bunch of other places. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm when it comes to online resources, I'm like a geek when it comes to that. So I'm going to, I, as much as the paperback, you have a paperback people here. I'm, I'm not a paperback person. I do have some because um, they get really heavy as you move. And I like carrying, uh, I don't have it around, but I like carrying, you know, thousands of books in my Kindle. So I'm a digital guy, <laughs> but in general, um, one of the greatest resources, I, I like Udemy a lot. But um, if you have a LinkedIn premium account, I think it costs about 500 a year. LinkedIn learning is phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, you know, it, 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 it's one of those added benefits of having a LinkedIn premium account. But the classes from how to install Kali Linux so you can do some pen testing from um, different security compliance classes. I mean, business class, it, it just goes, the, it, it, the list is long because they're not, you're not paying per class. That just comes as an added benefit of having the um, LinkedIn premium account. And the, the, the classes there are just awesome. And then from there, once you get really good classes and you want to dive in deeper, you kind of start understanding the what type of content to search for on YouTube or what type of classes to buy on, um, on Udemy, right? And, and um, to the point earlier, right? I, I, if you look at my profile, I like certifications. Um, I, I think they're cool. Um, I know some people, I think uh, if you have a good mix of certifications and hands-on, it's great because in my opinion, sometimes a certification helps you with the interview because you could talk through the, some, you could talk like the terms, like people want to hear, okay, you know, this term and then the hands-on, that's a whole different story. I mean, and the CISOs could, could chime in on that. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. More stuff here. Um... By the way, vendors also have like a bunch of free resources, like every vendor, like Attack IQ just launched their academy, which is brilliant. It's got some great classes for absolutely free. Uh, Lincoln said uh, when Terrence was on, for some of the institutions on edX, the micro master's program allows you to gain credit toward a graduate program. Courses are very hands-on and requires dedication at least 12 to 14 hours a week. So edX is one we definitely have to look at. People talking about your your ugly shawl that is not that ugly. Eric <laughs> says the ugly shawl. I'll let my wife know. <laughs> Thank you. Charles is laughing at Liz's on treadmills. That One and a half million dollars of our hard-earned <laughs> taxpayer money goes to study lizards on treadmills. They're probably some really diesel lizards. <laughs> Sands in the UK is seven thousand pounds. That's wow. the equivalent of like ten thousand dollars. Wow, or maybe even more. Wait, do you guys think? Let me ask you a question. Does anyone think that's kind? When he's talking about six thousand, seven thousand for search, is anyone but me thinking that's way too expensive? I mean, this is pounds too. So, am, am I like, taking crazy? It's, it's it's about cost of living, right? In the UK, they they that's kind of the going range, right? I mean, Western governors. I think someone said earlier in the, in the show that it's like five grand to get your degree from Western Governor University. Well, they right? do. The way that the way Western governors works is that you and I and I believe it's still five grand, approximately five grand. But you have it's a um, it's almost like a 
a block of time. So you have $5,000 per six months and you can take as many classes as you want in that six months. So if you have nothing else to do, you could technically complete in six months and only pay that five. But I believe you can, you know, most people I think do it within two, like one year. So, so it's they, like a golden corral kind of thing. If you show up really hungry, you can eat pretty much everything there. But exactly. <laughs> if you had something to eat beforehand, you're probably not really going to eat everything. <laughs> some people have accomplished it in that period of time, and most people do it in like a year to a year and a half. I, I think, Naomi, I think I saw a post from you about sands, and you recommended it to someone, and then when they, when they went to go back, it was like the price, like, quadrupled or something yeah. like that during a pandemic not quadruple no I, actually, okay. I i was wrong about that like i the last time i checked was a year ago so before they raised their prices in october of 2019 so the sans person corrected they're like we did not raise during the <laughs> pandemic even though like all the evidence i had was like well the last time i checked it was like six something or five something like it was ridiculous and i remember taking them back in like 2008 2009 i'm like there's no way my company would have paid seven grand six grand for me to go it to was, take these courses there's no it, way it was five grand back in like when i took i took two one or two sans courses in like 20 god 12 or 13 and i feel like it was about it was like 5500 ish something like that i yeah. think they i think what sans does which probably makes sense is they probably align it to the tuition reimbursement amount that qualifies for the companies because they mm -hmm. know it's a company-based thing they're probably like okay you know, align it that way. I don't mean, I don't know what their structure is, but it's no, but you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Renee. That's exactly how they work. Mm -hmm. Well, where do they come with that number? Like my company doesn't give out that much money. It's not even close. So, well, the, um, so the government says, I'm sorry, go ahead. So there's a, there's a, an amount that can be, you can use for education it's tax deductible. And it typically, I think right now it's, what is it? 6,000 or 6,200, something like that. It used to be 5,250 for years um, because it's a quote, especially as a recruiter, we would have to know like, okay, you get 5,250 per you know year for tuition reimbursement, that kind of thing. So they probably align their prices to that. Mm. But James knows it better. To the tax code. Okay. Right. Okay. James, did you want to chime in? No, you're, you're, you're spot on. You, you, you just, answered what I was going to say. But that, doesn't that only work if you make under a certain amount for income anyway? Like you can't take that deduction unless you make so no, much. No, it's company. So the company. Oh, company. company. Oh, yeah. company. So if I'm working at a company and the company, you know, and I want to spend $5,000 up to, I think the number now is 6000 or 6200 mm -hmm. something like that. I want to spend that amount of money. Then the company can reimburse me that amount of money and they get the tax credit. Mm, okay. So. It's 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 based on that. So they probably align their pricing based on that. I just figured it's because the government doesn't care. And so most of their market now is just federal sales. And all the people who work for the, like the DOD and CISA, they take all these classes, like driving up the rates for everyone else. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah that's money. also true. Remember, one and a half million dollars on walking lizards. Walking on lizards. That just the picture is hilarious in my my mind. But like, what is the reason for that? I want to be the guy. I want to be the researcher with the clipboard going. The lizard is walking at a rate of three. As I walk and they walk together. I wonder if like we're weaponizing lizards and we don't even know it yet. Like lizards are gonna have like little like lasers on their backs and just you know. Next, next airborne unit's gonna be a bunch of lizards running into like Afghan, like like 
uh, holes like in Jurassic the floor. Jurassic World something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I ever get a pet lizard, one of the requirements would be, did he ever run, work out did in a treadmill? That just raised the bar on, on pet lizards. Like, Are they wearing just... little leashes? Like, I need to know this. <laughs> Listen, I was looking at the, uh, at all of this spending that our government loaded into this 5,600-page bill. That's just one thing. I can give you probably 10 more that are just as outrageous. And then our Congress people had 24 hours to read it, right? And oh, and by the way, they all gave themselves raises this year. Oh, of course oh, they I did. Saw that. Yeah. Yeah. They need they need money. Okay, so Gary says, should definitely share this with VetSec. A lot of veterans on there looking for information and insider tips. Myself, I would try to keep tuned in as much as I can, but I'm deep in the books at the moment. <laughs> He's in Sands as well. Everybody's in Sands. Um, okay, so Eric also says, you can take your own internship via participation in an internet engineering task force. So IETF.org, I'm going to mm -hmm. jump that one down too, is what I did to a large extent in the early days, 80s, 90s, as a result of that participation. Um, of that participation in innovation of internet technology. I built up experience with protocols and tech that was at the cutting edge, not to mention name recognition mm -hmm. job offers. Wow, that's pretty I'm gonna, cool. I'm going to write that down also. I'm going to write that Have your own internship. I like that. Alvin wants to know some of the books that you all read. You should start a book thing. I think we should start that with Hacker Valley because they are like the book kings. Those guys are... Every time they have like a stack of books, they'll be like, "Oh, and I'm reading this," and I'm, I'm like, "How are you?" <laughs> like, I just read I this. <laughs> literally just bought this guy's Kindle book, um, an application security book. Someone, I, I think, um, I saw AJ commented on it, and then I looked into the guy's book and I bought it. Let me let me give a shout out to him AJ real quick. I mean, yeah, let me find I'm out. No, <laughs> AJ Young is a friend. I think all of our shows. <laughs> Yeah, I'm reading an AppSec book too. It's um, Bob and Alice Learn Application Security by Tanya Jenka. Uh, it's really well written and anyone entry level could just pick it up and read it through. It's a really good resource to have, just like a pocket, but it's not too long. It's probably a couple hundred pages. Hits on all the AppSec topics, gives examples, explains it really well. I I did it. I didn't crack the book open yet like on my digital side, but I bought it like a couple of days ago. It's called Hackable. How do how to do application security right? Ted Harrington. Look nice. good. Literally just uh, got that a couple of days ago. Awesome. Awesome. Try hack me. Steve says try hack me and hack the box are awesome online training sites. Mm -hmm. Uh, John says, thank you for taking time out of your day to share your insight and tips. And to those that had an opportunity to provide their knowledge, thanks again and great interaction. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, John. Merry um, Christmas. We're almost at the end. Hack the site and over the wire. Sharesh says that. Eric Williams is saying Merry Christmas. Uh, it has been the business model of certifications from the very beginning. The prices increase from the beginning every single year. It's called capitalism. Yep. UK degrees cost up to nine thousand pounds per year. I think degree. it's less than US. Degree? That's um, not bad for a degree. Okay, we're uh, almost at the end because it is going. Gosh, an hour and a half. 
Um, hello, everyone. Oh, it's the same question over and over again. <laughs> I remember talking with Alan Pollard back in the day, early 90s, right after Sands was started, when he was looking for people to give those first certs to. I pushed back on the business model. Probably not a good decision looking back. <laughs> Eric, you're like the guy that when uh, Bezos was walking around asking for, for money. 50000 you didn't give the 50000 uh, I don't think this thing is going to work. <laughs> um, books online? Uh, I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I wonder if he did like the early shark tank thing like you know i'm out <laughs> awesome hackable okay cool so folks this has been so so much fun thank you all friends family i feel like you're all family at this point uh, yep that's correct too um you all don't know, but Nimdi and I, we've been friends for forever and ever and ever. Um, and James ever, and Naomi, ever, 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 ever. James and Naomi, I feel like you guys, I, I can reach out and just like do one of these. <laughs> this is Thursday's thing just happened on him. Although I was secretly trying to get Naomi. Like I secretly, I look for people. I'm like, I want to get that person on the show. And then I kept poking her and she was like, okay, I'll join. And then she got, and, then she, <laughs> and now she's here every week. Which is it. awesome. And then she's like, go, he's awesome. And then we started doing this. And I, this is like literally my favorite, favorite day of the week Aww. doing this. Awesome. So thank you so, so much for doing this. Merry Christmas, everybody. Anybody so else? Before we sign off, before we sign off, I got to ask three of you a question What's yes. your favorite Christmas tradition? Well, usually my mom is here, so <laughs> we miss her. We'll have to Zoom her in this year, but that's the favorite tradition. And the kids, they get to cook with Nana. And she, so they're like, where's Nana? We usually make this and that and then all this stuff. So, you know, mom's doing that. <laughs> mom, mom, mom's ordering food. It won't be the same. We're, we'll do cookies. That's it. What about you guys? What name? Oh, I'm definitely food based. Like, give me any kind of junk food, and it doesn't count when it's a holiday and you're eating a treat. Like, those calories don't count. I think James, you mentioned that. So, yeah, I like just yeah. food, all the food. Funny. Yeah, it's uh, usually a, a food situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, still, I mean, she, she's she's cooking, even though it's uh, two of us. She's cooking for like a whole tribe. But um, I'm gonna work out. <laughs> Yeah, this guy's that a workout is, fanatic. That's what I'm gonna do. That, 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 <laughs> is, that is a good thing to do. Pandemic, it's a whole, it's a whole different vibe now. It's a whole, <laughs> vibe. It's a whole yeah. different vibe. Um, Eric says, "Merry Christmas and all of the New Year's yeses. Stay safe, and if you have drink, one for me too. Oh, we will be drinking, and sir, my eggnog will be spiked." I will say this though: yes. I have a survey right now that's really important for me to get as many people on it as possible. It's on my podcast page on LinkedIn. And the question is very simple. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, yes or no? Yes, it is. What? Of course it is. Even my kids. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really important. I, I was in a debate yesterday and someone said, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. And I was all like, dude, you are wrong. He's wrong. I have a tradition. I have a tradition. It's Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, Die Hard. That's how you do your Christmas Eve. Wait, every, every year? Every, I've been doing it since my daughter was born. That's so cool. So we do Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, Die Hard. When she was younger, we used to add Polar Express somewhere in there. Oh. Right? Because you can't do Christmas without Tom Hanks. Like, you've got to have Tom Hanks some part of some tradition. That movie is so creepy. No. What, Polar yeah. Express? 
Yeah, it's got that uncanny valley thing going. Like it's just creepy. Those characters look weird. I like that one. I, yeah. I my favorite part of that is all the moose on the train tracks and he's trying to clear them out. I was like, I would have brought out my hunting gun. I'm like, I got meat for 10 years, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys, let's wrap. (laughs) Enjoy your Christmas. Don't drink too much. And we are back next week. We're doing New Year's Eve here. New Year's Eve, 2020, get out. Yeah, New Year's Eve, go out, party, invite (laughs) people over, don't snitch on your neighbors. I don't know if we're going to do it at 11. Should we do it a little later so we can have our drinks, so we can drink champagne and and get everybody? Yeah, and if you're you're alone tomorrow, by the way, selfless promoting here, but Charity and myself are going to do a live stream tomorrow at 1 p.m. on LinkedIn. So if you're alone on Christmas Day and you're not doing anything, you can join us for our live stream at 1 p.m. tomorrow. Andy's doing one too, right? Uh, Yeah, like the 12 o'clock every single Friday. It's called the Tech Behind FinTech, where we discuss the technology behind the financial industry. Obviously, we include cybersecurity and a whole bunch of other things. Um, Every Friday at 12 p.m., you can um, hashtag the Tech Behind FinTech or look at my profile to um, look at past videos. And Renee was a guest a few weeks ago, and hopefully she'll be um, returning, and, and we could discuss more things. There. They were chiming in. We had, a, yeah. we had fun oh, on Namdi's thing. Oh, OZ comes in a lot, too. So so definitely um, the tech behind FinTech on LinkedIn and YouTube. Oh, and hashtag. Put out our hashtag again so yes. people know. InfoSec hires. Info January hires. 1st. We're starting January 1st. We're going to hash it out. We'll put it up again next week. Um, I'm looking for it. In all I already places. added it to my profile on LinkedIn. So we are going to make that happen. I'm going to put it up before we end. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I just might as well just write it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag InfoSec That's a great idea, James. I love it. Let us uh, get 10 people hired in the month of January. It's awesome. InfoSec hires. We're doing this. This is this is one of my favorite things to do. So excited about this. Thanks to James for recommending. See you all. Merry Christmas, everybody. And Merry Christmas. Thanks. All right. Bye. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.